0: Welcome. I am a small, fuzzy, middle-aged woman, unexpectedly named Turl Kronberg. And in the very front of my brain, I have an exceptional little bit that I call the wise turtle. She is the most thoughtful, observant, and compassionate part of me. And this podcast is her platform for speaking to the world. Her aim is to try to understand the patterns of growth in the universe and use those discoveries to help us all uncover the most important, inspiring story of who we are and where we want to go as Earthlings. I hope that you enjoy her musings. Namaste. ago, um, I had been watching a TV show, probably Connections by James Burke, a wonderful, wonderful TV show that my husband introduced me to, Um, and they were talking about sound, um, or at least whatever we were watching was talking about sound. And my husband and I got into an actual, fairly uh, heated discussion. It It wasn't an argument at all. There was no arguing involved. It was a frustration on the part of my husband, where I was asking him a question to explain how sound worked. And he was getting very, very frustrated with himself and with me that he couldn't explain it in a way that made sense. Um, which was just so sweet and, and unfortunate for him. But um, I still don't understand it. And I have, I have researched... Uh, I've looked in so many different areas. And I, I, got, I came close, and I will link to it in the blog post. Um, of the whole concept of how different sounds can combine into one waveform. They call this the Fourier transform, and it's a mathematical thing. And what it does is it shows how each individual like an instrument or a voice or whatever is making a noise each individual thing that's making a noise um brings a particular wave to to the table to the whole shebang to the band and to the the uh, orchestra and somehow they combine together and it's i believe it's a multiplication it's not addition but it could be wrong. Um, but they combine together, and just like you see in an ocean wave or waves in water, um, they can different waves can interact with one another, and where there are two peaks, there will be a higher peak. They will add together. I guess it is additive. I am not entirely sure about the math, but um, basically, the each wave combines. Uh, so if there are two peaks like right next to each other, you get a much higher peak. But if you have a peak in a trough, if it goes, the wave goes down, one wave goes down the other wave goes up, they actually cancel each other out, and it's stable. It's like neutral, uh, so it looks like a flat surface with no wave there, even though there are two waves, one going up and one going down, they kind of cancel each other out. Um, and so all of the waves combine to form one single wave that we perceive. And it still so fascinates me that we can sort of reverse engineer that to noticing the different parts. So when we listen to a piece of music or whatever, you know, um, we listen to a crowd of individuals talking or making noise or whatever, and we can pick out one of them one of the things making noise you know one of the people talking one of the things singing whatever um in all the cacophony like right now i can hear my own voice i can hear a truck going by um i can hear my computer's fan which hopefully isn't interrupting the uh audio very much i have so many problems recording this podcast it's it's unbelievable Um, one of the reasons why I don't record very many podcasts anymore is because I, none of the equipment I have, and I have very nice equipment, some of it is very, very expensive equipment, um, and it's somehow, it still fails, but anyway, so I can hear all of these things going along, and there's some people talking in the other room, or they were actually just crashing around, and amongst all of this, I can actually, like I just did, identify each individual thing, even though all of those sounds are coming into my ear at the same time it's one big wave it's one variable wave but somehow we can pick out those sounds and reverse engineer it um and so that has always just fascinated me and i, I still don't understand it um and part of it obviously is in our brains as far as interpreting what the different noises are Um, and so, like, obviously they do this in computer, um, learning for, like, uh, listening for voices, you know, and when you're talking to your, your cell phone or whatever, and you're saying, hello, Google, I may have just woken up your phone, um, or, hey, Siri, uh, and it's listening, and it can actually pick out your voice from, you know, a bunch of other things making noise. So... Part of that is obviously in the processing. You know, a normal computer software program can't do that. Like, I'm recording this on, um, what is the thing called here? Um, uh, what is it called? Audacity. I always forget the name of that thing. It's called Audacity. Um, and when I look at this thing, it is literally just a whole bunch of squiggly lines, waveforms. it was just one well it's it's sort of weird looking it's like mirror imagey sort of thing one on the top and one on the bottom um but it's you know it's a wave it's recording a single mono bit of acoustic vibration and it's a, it's dumb so you know this, this this program itself is dumb, whereas if I talk to my cell phone... Actually, I didn't wake up my cell phone before, did I, when I said that? That's funny. I guess I, it, it, it wasn't listening to me <laughs> when I said that. Hey, Google! Yeah, it didn't hear me. I guess I wasn't determined enough for it. Uh, they set the sensitivity down below uh, where it used to be, I guess. Um, then anyway, so it's it's the processing. It's the software. It's whether it is in our brains or in the computer. There is some kind of processing that's I guess what it is. It's remembering what things sound like. So like an infant won't be able to do this. I'm guessing. Um they won't be able to differentiate the sounds of say its mother's voice versus an airplane going by versus a a dog barking versus the trees was rustling, and it each each of our thinking process processing systems, whether it's a computer or a infant human or a dog or a cat or whatever whatever it is that's that's listening and processing the sound, um, it has to learn what the different things sound like on their own, um, and then it sort of teases out a prediction of, okay, on average, that sort of sound normally comes from a human, versus right now there's a beeping truck out there. And I wouldn't necessarily know what that beeping truck is unless I'd actually seen a truck that's backing up making that beeping noise, beep, 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 when it's backing up. I wouldn't have known that. Unless I'd actually seen a truck doing that before, seen and heard a truck, and that whole experience had gone into my head, and sort of I, I recorded that, kept a memory of that as a, a whole experience. Um, and I had a I had a podcast last um, summer, I guess, um, where I talked about this, and maybe I'll link to that one too. Um, but this is sort of unrelated to what my, my grander purpose here is, which is to say that um, this isn't just about sound. These sort of combinations of waves, of, of things making waves and then them combining into a whole wave pattern, It's Fourier transform kind of pattern. Well, this happens with everything. Because when you think about it, everything is a wave. Every sensory input that you're getting is a wave. It's either an electromagnetic wave, you know, it's light, or it's heat, or it's sound, or it's actual physical touch, which is still electromagnetic, but it's a very close electromagnetic where <laughs> the atoms themselves are interacting on a um, on a possibly nuclear level, I guess. I don't know. They're... Um, when someone is my clothes are touching me when another human being touches me when the sunlight, in fact right now, is touching me Uh, the the waves are actually interacting with my um, with my skin cells with the atoms, molecules and whatever in my skin cells and they're actually like changing atomically, as opposed to when I'm hearing something or seeing something, like the photons or the airwaves aren't necessarily changing my atoms. I'm not 100% sure about that. But anyway, the idea being that um, all of the information that my body has is a wave in some way. So when I'm inputting all of this, I'm looking at a reality that's not distinguishable. It's actually just a chaotic collection of atoms jiggling around, or quantum particles jiggling around that form atoms that jiggle around, that form molecules that jiggle around, that form (laughs) materials that kind of jiggle around. Um, And as I, as I see these things, or hear these things, or feel these things, I start to differentiate them. So even though the reality is like the static you're looking at at an old television when there was no station there, um, or no signal, or the, uh, the static. That you hear on a radio when there's no station coming in. It's it's actually all just a chaotic mishmash of atoms jiggling around. Um, Even the air. Obviously, when you're in a vacuum, there aren't any atoms jiggling around, which is why a vacuum is, you know, not a place you want to live. (laughs) Because there's nothing there to keep your body intact uh oh I'm not going to go there but <laughs> but otherwise normally you know the air is molecules atoms quantum particles whatever jiggling around the the lamp that i'm looking at there's some fake flowers there's a curtain there's a wall there's some glass on the window and a tree and the roof that i'm looking out over um all of these things are just you know, patterns of quantum particles trailing around. And they're all connected. There's there's no vacuum in between them. Um, Obviously, like I said, if you're in a vacuum, that's a slightly different story. And uh, right now I'm gonna talk about just the planet. We're just gonna talk about the Earth right now. (laughs) Because most of us are here. If any of you who are listening are not on the earth, hello, and uh, nice to meet you. (laughs) Glad you're listening. Maybe I'll get to you later. But anyway, so this this mishmash of of wiggling things, where there's no actual separation between anything. I mean, there's no separation between um, my hand and the air in reality. It's all just different atoms. It's just different quantum particles wiggling around, forming different things. But we reverse engineer that in our brains, in our software, in our processing systems. We reverse engineer that to saying, oh that thing over there is a lamp. And the lamp is different from the air around the lamp and the air is different from the fake flowers now why do we do that Um, does that mean these things aren't real is the lamp not real yes and no the lamp is obviously a pattern of jiggling things that stays there for quite a long time especially if other things aren't perturbing it too much Um, You know, the whole objects in motion tend to stay at motion and objects at rest tend to stay at rest. I mean, obviously none of this is at rest. Everything is moving around. The planet is spinning around. The molecules are jiggling around. The solar system itself, the galaxy is moving. It's all spinning. And it's all very fast, actually. The molecules are jiggling very fast. The Earth is spinning very fast. But because it's all relative to... One another. That's why I'm saying right now let's stick to just the planet. Um, we're all on the planet and so we're all relative to the planet's motion. And relative to the planet's motion through space and time, the lamp is still there. That same lamp. It's really rather ugly lamp, but it's still there. And it still looks basically the same, even though the atoms and the molecules have jiggled around quite a bit since I've started talking about this poor, sad, unloved lamp. But it's still a lamp. I recognize it as a lamp because my processing system has has differentiated this thing because I've seen it in a bunch of different situations. I've walked around it. Um, I haven't actually touched it, but I've touched things that are are like it. Things, I'm looking at it and I'm seeing a particular kind of interaction of the light and the surface. And I've seen that before in other things. So I can make a guess, a prediction about what it would feel like if I touched it. I'm gonna go touch it just to to test out my scientific theory here. It is, although it's a little different from what I was expecting. It's a, it's a more plasticky feeling than I was thinking. It looks like it's brass. Uh, maybe it's just brass-coated plastic. I don't know. Um, but anyway, so I have made a prediction based on previous experiences and the current information coming into my head, and I have identified that thing as a thing, as a unique thing. That I can move relative to, and it can move relative to me, and relative to the things around it. So I'm basically taking apart the waveforms that are everything, all the waves that are coming into my eyes right now, and the and my ears, and my skin touch, um, and smell and taste. Um, They're all coming in at the same time in this just huge, chaotic blob of energy, of things wiggling around. All of these waves combine, and then I take them apart again. I reverse engineer them. So it's it's like this funny process of a funnel with another funnel attached to it. So, like, you put, you know, the regular wide end of a funnel, and then you attach the narrow end, the two narrow ends together. And so I can take in all of this chaos, goes into my head, and I narrow it down, my focus, so that I can pay attention to one individual thing at a time. Or maybe, I mean, obviously not one, like, quantum particle at a time, but one sort of collection, one you know, larger waveform um, out of the whole big wave. And then I can output something new with that. So I've, I've narrowed my focus down, but then I can process that information and come up with a broader understanding um, of all of these things and how they relate to it one another. So anyway, so what this was all leading up to, and I don't know if you noticed the actual title of this, is The Evolution of You, or at least that's what I've so far titled it. Presumably I'll stick with that. That's my prediction, that I'll stick with the title that I already put on it. Um, Because I had something specific to say about you and how this affects you. That you are also... A large waveform of many tiny different waveforms or waves put together. You are a collection of jiggling things. A pattern of little jiggling things that makes a larger pattern and that larger pattern is you. The individual things that are making you up, all the little atoms, the quantum particles, the molecules, the proteins, and carbohydrates and the cells and the organs that make up the body and then the whole body and then the experience that the whole body has had throughout history up until this point and possibly into the future um is you so it's a whole just ginormous immense mathematical transform for your transform of things, making one big pattern of wave, which is cool, but if you want to break down who you are, or anyone else for that matter, you actually have the processing capabilities of doing that in your head in the same way that we break down the visual stimulations. of I'm looking at a lamp and seeing that the lamp is different, is different you know, a separate unique thing, not totally separate, obviously, it's still connected to the rest of the, all of the atoms and molecules and things bouncing around, it's still part of that same system. But the lamp, I can identify as a unique thing that can be moved relative to everything else. And that generally sticks around for a while, as a lamp, as this same object, you know, it changes a very tiny bit, every moment with each, you know, bit of light hitting it, you know, photons are bouncing around and changing it. Um, But in general, on a larger scale, the giant waveform that is the lamp in my visual, uh, my visual part of my cortex, um, we can do the same thing with a human. We can break down you into some of your smaller waves, some of your wiggles that you're doing. And one of the things that I do is I use a mathematical system, which, if you've heard any of my stuff, uh, is relates to Pascal's triangle. Um, it's sort of what Pascal's triangle is um, representing, as far as possible combinations of things. It's a it's a purely deterministic mathematical um, process. I don't want to say equation or function, but it, it's basically Producing all the possible patterns deterministically in a way that looks that is also random it is pure mathematical randomness um, as in every single possible pattern is covered but you cannot predict from one location to another location what's, what will happen unless you know the absolute entirety of everything up to that point which no individual ever does, because we're limited individuals, we're limited beings, we can't, we can only experience what's around us, the patterns that are around us, that we're connected to. Um, so this this pattern that I have, that I use to categorize things, um, helps us break down the patterns of waves that are in a human being or anything else for that matter but you're more interesting to me than this lamp so I'm gonna break down you and me and what we do is these waves start adding together when you're an infant or well let's say before you're born you exist you've been conceived and what, how you've been conceived is that something, two different things that are similar. And now this is the key here. This is the, there are two processes in this. There's, uh, and we can call it a, a number of different things. Obviously it's, depending on what we're talking about, we have different terms for it. But they're all the same basic mathematical process. Um, there's the division process where you take... A single thing and you divide it in half and then there's the recombination process where you take two individual halves and recombine them together to form a whole and the way this happens ends up making things fractional because you're it's complicated um, but you are sort of taking you're taking things apart in a way that and then recombining them and on the, the sort of edges where you've where you've got two halves that aren't matching together with anything on the edges they end up combining with sort of nothing (laughs) so they end up being more pure but tinier anyway it's that i don't i don't even like to think about that whole part of it unless i'm really really well taken care of and my brain is working really well um because it's a very challenging sort of geometrically, mathematically. uh, And my brain right now is barely getting enough sleep and not getting enough food, (laughs) quality food, and stressed out by homelessness and everything. So I don't have a lot of opportunities to think about that. But I do think about some of these other things because they're a little easier. So as we move down... um, Pascal's Triangle of Categories, as we divide up the you that starts at the very beginning. So the very first thing that you are is a sperm and an egg cell, if you're human, okay? I'm gonna make that guess that you're human. If you're not human, hey, hello! Um, this is about humans, and you can learn about humans, and that's cool, too. Tell me about what you are, if you're not a human. I'd love to hear about it. Um, so anyway, there's a, there's an egg and a sperm, and the sperm has, um, you know, the genes from, well, technically it has, I believe, half the genes um, in a, well, not arbitrary, but not obvious combination of half of the genes of the male, and then the egg has half the genes of the female. And they combine together to form a whole genome a whole set of genes that gives the instructions and of course they're actually it's more complicated than that because there are actually two sets of genes um the mitochondria yay the mitochondria i'm not going to say it but you know what it is um the mitochondria and then the regular homo sapiens genes um but anyway we, we get the picture that there's there are there's half of one person's genes and half of another person's genes, and and again they're they're I'll say random because random is accurate, but um, they're not arbitrary, but they're random, which I'm not going to get into now. But unpredictable, um, and so those things combine to form something totally new, which has never existed before probably, uh, and uh, hi yeah, um, <laughs> someone came in to check on me um so anyway so there's a form there's a whole a new whole. there's a whole organism now which is the the sperm and the egg together and it starts forming its own little thing and that's conception and it starts making you so you start out as one little category of thing this genome cell with a genome in it and technically there are two but Okay, you're, you're one, you're one uh, what's it called, the blastocyst, cytoplasm, <laughs> ghostbusters, I don't know, um, whatever it's called when it first forms, um, as it's making an embryo, or as it is the embryo, whatever it's called. Um, so, so you're this one little tiny thing, and you basically have one wave. Um, and that wave is sort of the the core of life itself. Um, it is a very large wave. Um, but because it's, these are, this is a particular pattern. Your genes are a very particular pattern. They're not the same as everyone else. They're very similar. And this is, this is the other process of things, um. You know, the, the two processes are, as I said, they're, or did I say it already, um, the, the division and then the recombination. And the recombination, and we, we tend to forget that this is not so much random, or it's, it's definitely, definitely not arbitrary, um, in that they, the things have to be similar enough to fit together. Um, you you cannot fit uh half of a um, a banana seeds or not seeds it would be the the, the um, like say you take the um, what do I call it the <laughs> the pollen <laughs> you take the pollen, which is i guess the male part of the flower yeah, the pollen is the male part of the, it's yeah it 's the it's sperm it's version of sperm um, so if you take if you take the pollen and mix it with a human egg nothing will happen <laughs> it just doesn't fit together um, even though both of those are reproductive um, things um, if you try to fit those two you know things together they, they don't do anything um, because the things have to be similar enough they have to be compatible here so your genes are like these two different things that have formed a new one thing because they're compatible because they make something whole right and so you're this one thing and that one thing is sort of the core thing of life which In my categorization system I see as being um, there, there are two forms of it. So you can you can have this basic structure of your system in a big wave or a little wave. So this is kind of it's it's a you can be a very flexible Set of, you can have a set of genes that make you, at the, at the very core of yourself, the very basic component of your system, of the way that your genes function. They can be very variable, so a big wobbly wave. Or they can be very narrow, so a very you know focused wave. Um, and I'm not talking about wavelength or wave height, I don't think yeah I am right, okay, yeah it is the the wave not the wavelength but the wave height um, what's it called? It's not frequency what do think amplitude amplitude is the word I'm looking for. <laughs> I know this is a big rambling one, um, and I haven't done a big rambling one in a while well, I haven't done a podcast in a while, but um this one is i this sometimes I start these podcasts um with a very specific idea of what I'm going to talk about, and and then kind of work from there. I know I still sort of make stuff up at the time as I'm going through, but I have a very specific topic. Specific topic, but this time I had a very open-ended topic, uh, and as a matter of fact, I kind of changed it right before I started talking. I was going to do one thing, and then I was going to do a different thing, and then I just kind of. And then I remembered something else that I wanted to put in. So this is kind of a, one of the rambly ones that I have a point to. There's a point in here. And I haven't quite gotten to it yet. But um, it's going to I'm taking a nice long ramble there. And that relates to exactly what I was just talking about, which is the amplitude of the wave of who you are. So there's this very basic core. Some might call it your soul. I don't know. But it is the absolute core of who you are that starts out from the very beginning of the blastocyte or whatever the heck that thing's called. Um, You know, when the the sperm and the egg come together and it's just the very first thing that happens. They join together and they, they make a new genome. And that process... Informs the whole rest of your life That basic coding gives you the amplitude of who you are at the most basic level So it's the biggest wave So that's that's the wavelength part Um, This defines the largest wave of what your life is like and then the amplitude is defined by the genes which is saying whether you you have a very narrow focus of the way you live your life, or a very huge amplitude of a a wide range of how you interact with the universe. Um, And if you want to get into it, I know a lot of people don't, and it's pretty controversial, and I understand why, because most of the stuff in it is ridiculous and uninformed and emotionally biased and politically biased and whatever. But the MBTI system I have found a useful way to look at it, put it that way, that actually fits with basic neurology and neurochemistry and basic personality that, you know, we normally interact with and are that that we sort of understand. And That we call the perceiving versus judging, which I also call fourth person or philosophical level, thinking of either focused on the inputs or past versus the outputs or future, um, which is also contraction um, when you're focused on the past or the inputs. It's a very narrow focus, a contracted focus. A more materialistic focus, whereas um, the output, the perceiving type, is a very broad focused, a very um, future oriented. What what's going to happen? What would we like to do? Output focus. So that's the judging versus perceiving. Judging would be the input focus, the past sort of materialistic, very narrow focus of how you interact with and perceive the world uh, versus the perceiving type, uh, which is the fourth person. Output a focused uh, a very broad focus on sort of expanding opportunities. So this is the very core of who you are that is programmed from the moment of conception and stays with you for the rest of your life because it's how you are designed at your the, the basic platform of your design and then from there we move out and i'm not going to go through all of them but I, I wanted to start with the basic one um and that's um in humans and well in an, in all animals it's governed by serotonin the uh, the chemical serotonin um and you don't have to have a brain i don't i believe you don't have to have a brain for this because insects have serotonin i believe i could be wrong um but certainly uh even like fish i'm like 90 percent sure they have serotonin Um, i believe all animal life has serotonin plants don't plants have something else but um plants will have this a basic structure like this as well all life does all life has this this variability of the genes where you can have a very narrow interaction with life versus a very broad interaction with life and the broad ones are the, the sort of explorers that I mean the deep philosophical um, level explorers so you know they're the ones that just do all kinds of different things a very diverse range of behaviors and of ways of interacting with the world and and are able to adapt to a diverse range of situations whereas the the narrow focus types are the, the The low amplitude types are, they're more rigid and structured. Um, And both of these are necessary for a robust system. Um, So there's nothing wrong with either one of them. It is possibly more uncomfortable to be the rigid type because you get pushed around and it's, you're more sensitive to being broken and, you know, being, you know, it's less adaptive, obviously, as I was saying, but it's more direct, and so you can accomplish more. You're more powerful. Um, so, for example, obviously, a, a very strong tree, uh, like an oak tree, has you know, it's a it's a very strong wood. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't flex very much, um, and it has a very, you know, once it gets old, it gets a very strong trunk, so it doesn't move around very much, uh, and that works well for the oak tree, but. For a tree that's, I don't know, um, some other kind of tree, a willow tree, uh, one of those classic weeping willow trees. Um, I mean, it does obviously still have the, the trunk that's very sturdy, but uh, the, the branches are far more flexible, and that works for the willow. And both of those kinds of trees are useful there's there's no reason to say that a willow is better than an oak in any way this it's just nonsensical so there's no reason to say that a uh, a very focused judging type of individual human or for the most part i think only humans um we really look at like this in a in a philosophical sense but anyway um in in the mbti i mean um and then, you know, there's, there's no reason to say that, that a judging type and a perceiving type are one is better or worse than the other. They're they're both useful for different things in the same way that a lamp is useful uh, as a table is useful. You know, both are useful things. They're different. They do different things. They serve different purposes. Um, one brings light, and the other one is you can put things on. <laughs> you can also put things on a lamp, but it's less useful as a thing to put things on. And you can't turn on the table unless it has a lamp inside it. So, they're all useful. All of these amplitudes, um, no matter what you're born with, are useful. And then the second... I'm not going to go... Like I said, I'm not going to go through all these, but I'm going to go through these real quickly. Um, The second basic waveform um, is your emotional, uh, or, sorry, well, technically, okay, the fir- <laughs> it's kind of a loop, the MBTI, the way it's done. Um, they're in order, but it's actually a circle. Um, so the, f- the first one is also the last one, the really big one. Um, it's both the first and the last, which is complicated. But anyway, so we have, we have these, these four different basic um, wave amplitudes, or, well, the uh, wavelengths that combine, and each of them have their own amplitude. And all of these combined, whether it's the philosophical, the emotional, the physical, or the intellectual waves, um, the way that you're built between nature and nurture, your genes, starting from the very basic, on up to everything that has happened to you everything that you've eaten, everything that you've looked at, everything that you've heard um, up to this point in time has gone into making you wheel in a certain way. Your waveform is a certain way because of all of the things you've interacted with, um, starting from your genes and moving on up to, you know, what's happening to you right now, which is, I guess, you're listening to this. You're listening to me talk. Hello. Um, I hope you're enjoying this, even though it's very rambly. I apologize. But I like rambling, sometimes. Um, So all of these different waves, amplitudes and uh, wavelengths, happen to you throughout your life, and they're interacting, and they're forming the big picture that is you. So there's the whole you, that's the whole package of your experiences, and your body, and your genes, and everything that is you, and then we can break that down by looking at the different parts that have gone into you, all the different little waves, and and none of these waves are separate in any reality in the same way that my skin and the air aren't actually separate things, they're just, again, like I said, it's just a big mud puddle of, you know, uh, of different particles interacting with one another little quantum particles jiggling to form atoms and then the atoms jiggling to form molecules and we see those as separate things but they're all connected they're all or technically they're not connected at all ever (laughs) because none of these jiggling things are actually touching any other jiggling things supposedly but they're all in the same system and they're all part of the same system and it's all just a big static blob of everythingness. But like I said, we start seeing these things as individual things so we can break them down. We can break down the larger, we can do the Fourier transform uh, and we can see that the bigger wave is actually made up of a lot of little waves. And each of these divisions that we, you know, break down the big wave into is a different, quote, thing that we've, individual thing that we've identified, whether it's a, an atom, or a molecule, or a cell, or an organ, or a whole body, or a whole experience of a whole life up to now. And when we break those things down, we can start to see useful things and understand ourselves better in the same way that we can break down an orchestra and understand you know, how a, a flute sounds and what it can do and what it can add to the experience of the orchestra uh, versus you know, relative to a drum, for example, or a saxophone or a violin, you know, they all have, they all make different kinds of waves. And they have different ranges, and they have different notes that they can play, and they have different keys that they can be played in, and so on and so forth. So when we break them down, when we break the orchestra that is you down, we can see how the different things that have gone into, you know, making the music that is you, and as things, as you grow, you add more new things into your system and get rid of some of the things. So this is still the process that we were talking about originally, the two kinds of functions of division and recombination. And that's evolution, I call it. I also call it entropy. But the process of this this changing process of things coming apart, so your for example, your cells come apart. I mean, your cells die and then they come apart and then the parts go back into the system, get reabsorbed and reused in some ways. And some mm-hmm. of it is extruded via different ways. Like when you sweat, you get rid of some of the stuff that's in your body, when you eliminate, you know, your urine and You get rid of some of the stuff that your body doesn't need anymore. And you also take in new things. And of course, this is everything from matter to energy, from information to food. And you try to find the things that are compatible, that work well with your system, that help you be a better you rather than a worse you. Because we all know that there are things that we can put into our bodies. Whether they're ideas, or um, sounds, or sights, or food, or toxins in the water, or whatever. They're all, they're, we all know that there are these things that we can put into our bodies that don't work well with our bodies. that are incompatible. That harm us. That make us worse. But then we know that there are things that make us better. There are things we can eat, things we can hear, ideas and music and interactions, relationships that make us better as individuals. And that evolution process, as we learn what's more compatible and what's less compatible, we don't go through our whole lives randomly picking things. We are naturally selecting things that we think will make us better now of course nothing is perfect and so the things that we take in even the things that we think will make us better because we're always looking for those things that make us better we don't want the bad stuff we know that it's bad for us and we don't actually want it we try to avoid it but because life is so complex like this lamp here it's it's definitely an imperfect lamp. I mean, it is it is just gloriously imperfect as a lamp. <laughs> is, maybe I'll take a picture of it. It's it's kind of hideous, and it's tilted, and it's it's not even on, and there's I, it's <laughs> it is a highly imperfect lamp. But if I needed some light. I would very likely to turn the lamp on. I don't need light because there's sun coming in from the window that I'm sitting next to, very, very intentionally sat next to because the sun was coming in. I wanted to sit here in the sun. Um, But if the sun wasn't out and the larger light that's in the room wasn't working, or I couldn't find the light switch, which I actually don't see, it's probably somewhere, it's probably outside the room, which is always confusing to me. but if I couldn't find the light switch for it, I would use this lamp. And the light that came from it would be fine. Even though it's an imperfect lamp. It might not be great if I was doing, say, an intricate painting on the wall. You know, if I had set up a large space that I wanted to write something very detailed or draw something very detailed um, because there's a lampshade on it because it's, you know, off in the corner of the room kind of thing. It's It's... Um, it might not be perfect for it and so the light that comes in from it might not be as compatible as I would like it to be and that's true for everything nothing is perfectly compatible except at the very beginning of the universe the very beginning of the universe it was perfectly compatible and it fit together fine but once everything started changing and growing it all started coming apart and reorganizing and making all of these interesting things which is actually a good point the things that are somewhat incompatible like i said at the beginning um the the genes the half of the genes that came from your mom and the half of the genes that came from your dad we're different. They're similar, but different. So in order to make something that's interesting, and not just a pure, concentrated, perfect one thing, we have to have a little bit of incompatibility. We have to have some compatibility and some incompatibility. Not a lot of incompatibility, but some, so that we fit together in a way that makes something interesting something new something different and this is evolution so the more we grow whether we're an individual um, human being or we're a society or we're a species or planet or planet of ecosystem the more we grow the more we pay attention to what's good for us what's compatible with our bodies, and makes us better in a new way. So it's got to be different, incompatible in some way, but compatible in most ways. So that we fit together, and it makes us better, but it makes us better in some unpredictable new way. And that's evolution. And the evolution of you is you looking out at all of the things that are in your, your reach, your purview, And taking in uh, the things that are the most useful to you to make you a better you. That are the most compatible with what's already there. But also get you to somewhere new. Somewhere that's more interesting. And that's the evolution of you. You're growing constantly. You're looking at the world. You're seeing something different that you've never seen before a new pattern that might be compatible with you. Look at it. Is that compatible with you? Is that going to make you a better person if you look at it? If you take in the the light that's coming from it, if you listen to the information that's coming from it, if you touch something that makes you feel better, if you eat something that makes your body feel more functional, if you drink something that makes your body feel more alive, more able to do something useful and interesting the more you look around at the things the more opportunities you have to break down that chaos that static of everythingness and focus on the things that are going to improve your life in whatever way that your body wants it to there's no one else can tell you what's going to be good for you not really. I mean, they can certainly make suggestions, and there's scientific research of objective things, which are, you know, sort of average probabilities of what's most useful for most individuals who are most similar to you in most situations. Um, But no one knows exactly what's going to be good for you. No one knows exactly what's going to be compatible with your body as it exists, because you are a unique pattern of things. So as you look out, and you listen... And you touch and you smell and you taste, pick the things that are the ones that are most useful to the pattern that you are so far, but different enough that they make you better. They they push you in a new direction that seems interesting so that you can evolve. Now, I'm not telling you this because I think you should do it. I'm telling you this because you are doing it as I said with the, the whole concept of breaking down that orchestra, the, the large waveform, breaking it down into the smaller waveform so we can identify individual things. You can look at the individual things of your life and be more attentive to the kinds of things that make you feel better, the kind of things that make you a more interesting you that help you evolve as an individual, that help society evolve as a whole society, that help our planet evolve as a planet. So you can look at all of these different individual waves that make up who you are, and understand yourself better, and thus be able to recognize whether or not that is going to be a useful lamp to you, or whether or not that food is going to be useful to you. If you can actually focus on that and pay attention to what has helped you be a better person before, and then kind of look for things out there in the world that are similar to those things, then you have a better idea of what's going to be compatible in the future. And again, you're doing this all the time, but one of the things that does make you a better individual is having these ideas about how to think about things and how to break down the things into different categories that may be more useful to you. So as you're taking this information in from me, you're thinking about it and you're judging whether or not that's going to be something that is compatible with who you are and what you need to be and what you would like to be, as in something more interesting. So, that's why I offer it, because I think it's interesting. It's worked well for me, and maybe it'll work well for you. And if you have other ideas that might work well for me or anyone else, I hope you'll share those as well. So, as you're evolving there, which you have no choice but doing because that's what you do live and learn, grow, and change, take in things, test them out, see how compatible they are. As you're doing all that, I wish you a beautiful day. And it was actually Earth Day yesterday, and it's my husband's birthday today. And I would like to wish him an extra specially beautiful day, with all kinds of compatible yet interesting and slightly incompatible things to help him evolve. And I would like to wish that for everyone, of course. So, let me know what you think. If you'd like to get in touch with me, um, you can find me on Reddit under the username Turl, T-U-R-I-L. Uh, so you'd go to reddit.com slash user, U-S-E-R, slash Turl, T-U-R-I-L. And you can find me, and I have a bunch of communities there, also that you can join, especially the holistic enchilada one. Uh, not many people post there, but you are very welcome to, and I would love to have you interact with me there. Um, and I also have email at the wise Turtle at gmail.com and you can also find me at a discord I've created a discord and it's it's okay Um, there's some people there it was created for a slightly different purpose before but it has evolved as has everything Um, and we have some interesting folks stopping in there it's again mostly still me but there are some other folks in there and I would love it if there were even more who would love to talk about different things Um, so anyway um, oh, and my blog, if you somehow got this without seeing my blog, maybe you're subscribed on iTunes or something, um, you can find my blog, which uh, has more information about all kinds of things, including links, any links that I've mentioned, or whatever I think of later on um, in it. The blog is at turl.org. Um, it's actually on WordPress, but if you go to turl.org, that'll bring you to the WordPress site. Um So anyway, um, I would love to hear from you. And again, I wish you just so much delight in finding compatible yet incompatible things that improve your evolution of your life and make you a better you. Namaste.